We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything Lakers. This is the LakersNation.com live post-game show slash podcast, depending on where you are getting this. And those of you who are joining us live via YouTube, via Facebook, via Twitter, probably noticing, no, there's no video tonight. The reason for that is because I don't have a strong enough signal to send out a video signal right now. I'm actually doing this from my hotel at the moment. So unfortunately, hotel Wi-Fi, not the best so you guys would all be complaining, saying that my video is lagging and all that kind of stuff if I tried to do video. So no video, just audio tonight, but welcome in. Welcome in. Again, I don't like doing shows this way, but it's what we've got to work with at the moment. Don't worry, I'll be back in studio tomorrow, though. So appreciate it, everybody, for coming in here. I'm seeing all the comments coming in already from Facebook, from Twitter, from YouTube, and and the Lakers. Yeah, they came up short against the 76ers, but I got to say, I'm pretty pleased with what I'm seeing in the chat already. I'm seeing a lot of people that are um, that are saying that this game didn't feel that bad, that Russ was fantastic, that the Lakers really got really got after it, and they did. Uh, they did. I'm even seeing a comment right now on YouTube. So baby JBK said, said, great effort. Turnovers and free throws ultimately cost them. Yeah, I mean, look, this was a fantastic effort by the Lakers. And we can say, I wish, I wish they had played this way the entire season. We certainly would be in a different position right now in terms of the standings. But you know what? At least they found something. They found some grit. Frank Vogel, he even even cut down on his rotation. We saw an eight-man rotation tonight from Frank Vogel. No LeBron James. And I thought the Lakers came out and they played as well as anyone could have thought. You know, I mean, they they were expected to, to lose this game coming in. They were very much the underdog in this game. And yet the Lakers fought the entire way through. And you can say no no moral victories and all of that. And look, yes, at this point in the season, you need every win. But to battle a 76er team that is hoping to win a championship this season and to force them to really go all out to beat you when you don't have LeBron, you don't have Anthony Davis, that's a solid performance from this Lakers team. They fall 126 to 121 in the end. Let's talk a little bit about some of the stats here from this game. And again, I thought this was a pretty good performance 
from the Lakers. We had Stanley Johnson. He got going early. The first quarter was really pacing the Lakers. Uh, got hot, but finished five of seven. He cooled off after the first quarter. It wasn't nearly as, a, as effective offensively, but five boards, eight assists, 13 points for Stanley Johnson. And he got into that role that we've seen Frank Vogel talking about. In fact, he talked about this before the game, that Stanley Johnson is being used in a Draymond Green-esque role. Not that his skill set is the same, but in terms of what they're trying to do. They're trying to get Stanley Johnson the ball uh, right around free throw line extended, somewhere close to the paint, and then let him be a decision maker there, either on the pass or to take the little jumper or attack from there. And he's done pretty well. In fact, Frank Vogel even credited him. He said that out of everybody on the team, Stanley Johnson has taken to the adjustments the coaching staff has asked him to make more than anybody else. And so that, I mean, that's a big feather in the cap of a guy like Stanley Johnson and had another nice performance tonight. Dwight Howard, 24 big points for Dwight. 9 of 14 shooting, had to play 28 minutes in this game. That's more minutes than you would ideally want Dwight playing. But Joel Embiid necessitated Dwight being on the floor to be that big body. The Lakers didn't really have anybody else. They could throw at Embiid. Eight boards for Dwight. Again, 24 points, 6 of 9 at the free throw line, 9 of 14 shooting. Nice outing for him. But again, this is not the ideal situation, having Dwight play this many minutes. But at least he showed he could still be productive out there. I did think there were some times where in the fourth quarter, offensively, the Lakers kind of got out of what they were trying to do. Uh, and that was trying to play with Dwight. But the Sixers were also taking advantage of Dwight being on the floor, where they were allowing the ball to get to Dwight and then just fouling him. And again, to, you know, to Dwight's credit, he at least made 66% of his free throws. Now, Russell Westbrook, you can look at the turnovers, say seven turnovers. I don't worry quite as much about turnovers in a game like this because the ball is going to be in Westbrook's hands all the time. There's no LeBron. There's no Anthony Davis. Russ is going to have the ball all the time. And so Russell Westbrook finishes with seven turnovers, but 24 points, nine boards, eight assists, 10 and 20 shooting, two of five from three. You'll take that two of five from the free throw line you won't take, but I'm not going to worry too much about that. So Russell Westbrook, I thought overall, this was a pretty solid performance out of him. Yeah, there were a few rough turnovers, but you needed Russ to be aggressive tonight. And I felt like the Lakers got that out of him. Carmelo Anthony, 20 big points, seven boards, uh, and then he was 8 of 15 shooting, 2 of 6 from 3, made a couple of buckets in the in the fourth. Somebody said Trevor is invincible. I think the word you're looking there for there is invisible. But no, I am not invisible for anybody who's just tuning in. I don't have a strong enough signal to send out video. If I did turn on video right now, everybody would just complain that my video was lagging. All I can do right now is send out, I send out audio. So we'll make do with that because, again, I'm working off of Hotel Wi-Fi here, making sure I still get a show out for you guys, even though I've been here in Las Vegas, um, been at uh, Blue Wire Studios. If you've seen some of our videos recently, that's where I've been at. I've got some more coming from there. I've uh, been doing that at the Wynn in Las Vegas. So that's where I've been, uh, but I will be back in my normal studio tomorrow. Malik Monk, 10 of 20 shooting, 3 of 9 from 3. So 10 from 20 shooting, but he was 3 of 9 from behind the arc. That hurts a little bit. You were hoping he would get hot from behind the three-point line. Three assists, two steals, 23 points. He at least picked up the scoring with LeBron James out. All right, let me see some of your questions and comments that are coming in. We do need to get, well, there is no 360 award tonight because only one guy played, and that was Russ. So he he wins it by default. Russ was the best of the star-level players. And again, I really do think this isn't just kind of a falling backwards into 
an award for Russ. I thought he was objectively good, good tonight. I liked what he did for, uh, for the Lakers tonight. I think that he's been better recently. And you know what? Before we even get into the comments, the team, the team has just been better recently. The offense has had more flow to it. They've been more enjoyable to watch. And I don't think we've seen, I don't think we've seen the Lakers do that this season nearly enough. Be actually fun to watch. Like there were moments, even late in the fourth, where you thought, man, are they really going to get back into this thing? They might. They might get back into this game. And most of the season, we haven't been able to say that. Most of the season, we've seen the team not look like they really cared that much. And I hate to say that, but we've seen a lack of effort. We've seen lack of intensity. And that's gone away. And it feels so much better. It feels so much better to watch these games, even when they lose, and see this team go all out and do everything they possibly can to get the win. <laughs> Ivan Aragon said, it's okay to have bad hair days, Trevor. <laughs> yes, that's it. I'm just having a terrible hair day. And so that's why I didn't want to do video tonight. Oh, man. Um, but no, I, I feel like this team overall, the effort, everything that we've seen, it's been a lot much, it's been a lot more fun. And I know for some people, you might say that's ridiculous and they lost the game and that's the only thing that matters and, and all of that. I get it. Yes, and a lot of people are going to say no moral victories and everything like that. But again, this was a game we've seen far worse. This was a game where I really liked what we saw out of the Lakers. I thought they almost could have won this. But going into this, going into this, I never would have thought the Lakers would even be close in the fourth quarter. And yet there they were. All right, let me get into a few of your super chats that have come in here. A few that have come in. Love Lamar. So that's it. I'm on the Wenyan train and play big. Yeah, you know what? Frank Vogel said something in the uh, the pregame, in the, our media availability. We asked Frank Vogel about playing bigger. And here's what he said. He said that he has gotten to a point where he now understands that they need positional size, meaning they can't be so much smaller than their opponent. And he's come to the conclusion that even if he has to sacrifice shooting – then he will do that. He will do that in order to have more size across the board. That means playing your bigger guys, Wenyan Gabriel, Stanley Johnson, getting those guys minutes. And so I like that. I, I think that that's worked out. It's not only been just a size thing for the Lakers, but it's also meant that they've been able to keep their guys out there that are really hustling, that are really putting in the effort. And I think that's, an, in turn, made the game more enjoyable to watch for Lakers fans. So that's what I've seen in this one as well. Uh, Andrew P keep Westbrook and just add more young talent. Where, how are you, how are you going to get that young talent? How are you going to get that young talent when you don't really have anything to go up after them with? You've got a taxpayer mid-level exception if you keep Russ and that's it. That's all you've got is that taxpayer mid-level, nothing more in order to go get young talent. Everything else is a veteran minimum. That's going to be really tough to go get young talent if you're the Lakers with Russ on the floor. I think this is the great thing though. And I've, I've already seen people recoil <laughs> at the, the idea of bringing in Russell Westbrook next season or bringing back Russ next season. That's not the, really the point here. For me, the point is if you get a strong closing stretch from Russ, which we've seen, this is now I think four games in a row where we can say Russ has been pretty good. 
if you can get a solid closing stretch stretch from Russ, what you want, what you want is for Rob Palenka to go into trade negotiations and say, you know what? We feel like we really figured something out. We really figured something out at the end of last season. We're not desperate to, to move Russell Westbrook. And for him to be able to say that and actually have a little something behind that, right? Because we saw at the trade deadline, teams tried to fleece the Lakers. They saw the Lakers as a team that was desperate. And as such, they tried to fleece them out of whatever they could get. That's part of why we didn't see a move at the trade deadline. So when you've got Russ and you get a good, hopefully this continues, closing stretch from him, Ron Palinka can at least make the argument, hey, we don't have to move this guy. Look, things started to click a little bit at the end of last season. We think that'll continue into next season. Now, do we think that's really what they think or really what they're going to do? No, but you want to be able to make that argument in trade negotiations. So that's something that I think matters for the offseason for the Lakers, and it's part of why this stretch from Russ is so important here. Maddie James, imagine if we got Caruso back and also had Reeves and Alex in the backcourt together. Absolutely, that would be that would be a lot of fun to watch that together, to watch those guys. But ultimately, the Lakers didn't make that choice. I still think they should have brought back Caruso. They opted not to. In my book, you have the seventh most valuable sports franchise in the world. Not in the NBA, in the world. That's what you've got with the Lakers. Money should not be a reason why you don't make moves. And we saw that happen with Alex Caruso. But we've gone over that a bunch. I don't think that was what we wanted to see them do. And I don't think that was the right decision for the Lakers. Even if you wanted that extra contract to trade at the deadline, don't think that's what you want the Lakers to do is make a decision like that based on money. Uh, Maddie James said, Reeves, as an undrafted rookie, has really commanded respect on both ends of the floor. Opposing teams are realizing he's not a pushover and the kid can really play, and you have to respect his game. I think we still see him get targeted. He still gets targeted every now and then. But as I talked about with Austin Reeves the other day, when he came on our show, uh, that doesn't bother him at all. He's totally fine with it. And actually, it can help the Lakers out if guys are going at him because he's pretty good defensively. Now, I will say, against size, there's diminishing returns. So we saw Tobias Harris tonight take advantage of Austin Reeves where he was just so big and so overpowering. Uh, Tobias Harris was great. Tobias Harris always seems to have good games against the Lakers, but tonight, 20 points for him, seven boards, five assists, had some big buckets down the stretch for them, also knocked in a couple of threes, eight of 15 shooting for him. There were moments where where he wasn't, uh, Austin Reeves just simply wasn't big enough to handle Tobias Harris. Um, and so that's where sometimes his defense can have its shortcomings. It's at the rim when he's trying to deal with a bigger player. But on the perimeter, I think he does a good job. Again, I'll throw this out there for some of you who are just jumping in. I know we've got a lot of people just joining right now. Why I'm not on camera, I am still in Las Vegas. I've been working at Blue Wire Studios. I've been doing stuff at the wind, doing that. And so right now I'm on hotel Wi-Fi. So I don't have a strong enough signal to send out video, but I didn't want to just not do a show or anything like that. So tonight, audio only. Unfortunately, it's just what we got to deal with for the time being. All right, let me see here. Let's get into the next man up. So I'm really curious about this because we've got a few different options. We've got a few different options here for next man up. We can say Dwight Howard, 24 and eight. Nice stat line for him. You can say Carmelo Anthony, 20 and seven. Knocked in a few threes. Really made some big buckets down the stretch. Malik Monk, 23 and three. 
Stanley Johnson, the eight assists plus five boards, 13 points, got it going early, kind of set the tone for the Lakers early on. Uh, I mean, even Wendy Gabriel, eight points, nine boards, two blocks, four for 11 shootings, not great. But chat, let me know. If you're coming in from YouTube, you're coming in from Facebook, you're coming in from Twitter, who gets the Next Man Up Award tonight? Let me know. Let me know who gets the Next Man Up Award. Oh, man. I'm seeing a lot of Dwight. I'm seeing a lot of Dwight. I'm seeing a lot of Dwight Howard here from the chat. And I do think you guys are right. I do think you guys are right. I think it is Dwight Howard that gets the next man up for this one. And again, this is probably the first game we've gotten to give this to him. But credit to Dwight Howard. 36 years old. You wouldn't expect him to be able to come in here and play 28 minutes. Like that's not that's not what you want to have Dwight Howard do ideally, but the Lakers needed him to do it. They needed him to do it tonight, and he was good. He was good tonight. Uh, He was needed against Joel Embiid. Doesn't mean he stopped Embiid or anything like that, but Dwight Howard, I thought, was solid tonight. So I enjoyed it. Dwight Howard, solid performance, 24 and 8. Gets the next man up. He deserves it. There it is. Dwight Howard, next man up for the Lakers tonight. Uh, Marlon Dillard should have played uh, Gabriel a little bit more in the second half. Yeah, I mean, Wenyan Gabriel played 30 minutes, though. So before the game, and this may, some of you may not be happy with this, with the wording Frank Vogel used regarding Wenyan Gabriel. But Frank Vogel, before the game, talked a little bit about Wenyan Gabriel and how young he is and how he's not super comfortable playing him all those minutes. So here's the quote from Frank Vogel before the game on Wenyan Gabriel. He said his length and athleticism, something that they have lacked all season long, and he still has the ability to knock down threes, but he also called him a young and inexperienced player and said it's unsettling to rely on him too much, but then added that when they've given him minutes, he's produced. So Frank Vogel is having a tough time reconciling with that, with the fact that Wayne Gabriel doesn't have a lot of experience in the NBA, but he kind of needs his skill set. He needs a guy who can be big and still shoot threes. So that's been a challenge for Vogel. And I know a lot of Lakers fans took issue with him using that terminology to describe how he feels about playing Wayne Gabriel. But then he came out and gave him 30 minutes, you know, 30 minutes for a guy who's on a two-way contract. He's not even on the team. Technically he's on a two-way contract. And he got 30 minutes tonight. He got minutes over veterans, Kent Bazemore, Wayne Ellington, Taylor Horn. Well, THD is hurt, but Trevor Reza, these guys didn't play. Gabriel got the minutes on a two-way contract. I think that says a lot. That says a lot. And by the way, we need to talk about this. We need to talk about this. Avery Bradley did not play. Avery Bradley got the DNP in this game. That's something as well. That's something as well. Avery Bradley gets the DNP, and I know... I know a lot of Lakers fans out there were saying this is why the Lakers were good because they weren't fans of Avery Bradley to begin with. Um, Avery Bradley was not called upon. Again, Frank Vogel really shortened his rotation here and he went with just an eight-man rotation. That's a playoff-style rotation that Frank Vogel went with and it, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Uh, somebody said, Trevor, you need mods to timeout spammers. Yeah, I need to work on that. I need to get some of those. 
for sure. I think we need to make that that happen. I just I just knocked out a few people right now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And somebody, good point here. SRMK24 said, can't get experience if you don't play. Agreed. Agreed. And again, when push came to shove, Wendy Gabriel got the minutes. I think he's been fantastic when we've seen him out there based on what the expectations would be for a two-way player coming in. I'm not saying he's a world beater, but I think he can be a guy who's maybe in your rotation next season. I think he could be a guy that is in your rotation next season. And to find something like that, that's important too. I know this season overall has been a disappointment. It's been a disappointment, but, but I think that's been overall, overall a good thing to find a guy like Wayne Gabriel. Okay. Oh, bad dog, bad dog sports. My, my guy said Spurs just two games back and the Spurs blew out the Blazers tonight. That was rough uh, with a much easier schedule. Lakers could fall to 11th. I sure hope not. I sure hope that doesn't happen. I've been saying all along that their floor is probably that 10 seed. But we're looking at this. We're looking at at right now the standings. It's getting closer. It's going to be really important that the Lakers win these upcoming games against the Pelicans. You've got to get those wins and hopefully stay up in that 9 seed. And so that's where now the Lakers get a little break. They don't have to play for a few days here. So that's going to help out, hopefully. And uh, get LeBron rested, get him back, because the Spurs are now knocking at the door. And you've got to find a way to stay ahead of them and stay at least in the play-in. You don't want the indignity of not even making it into the play-in tournament. Uh, Luke said, you missed my super chat. Well, hit me again with it. It's possible that I missed one. I try to save them all as they come through. And there's a few that I haven't gotten to quite yet either. Oh, no, wait. Here it is, Luke. I got yours right here. Why the heck are we not targeting defensive centers? Anything other of what we would be better? We barely ever played Dwight aside from tonight. Why are we not targeting defensive centers? Oh, so in terms of on the market, why are they not going after defensive centers? I think that's something they need to do this offseason. I think you need to go find that. I think they hoped that DeAndre Jordan could be that. I think they hoped that he could be that, but I don't think that he actually is. I don't, and uh, and that was pretty obvious during the season. And so when you lost him, you lost what they thought was going to be a defensive center for them. They shouldn't have. They should have seen DeAndre Jordan with the Nets and realized that he wasn't the defensive guy that they hoped he could be. You were really left with just Dwight, and even Dwight has lost a step or two. So you haven't had that defensive presence that you'd wanted at the center position. I think they do need to target somebody. I do wonder, can you get 
can you go get Damian Jones again, who hit a game winner? At least somebody who can help you protect the rim back there. Uh, if you go big and you, and you go after a Miles Turner or somebody like that in a trade, might that be something that you do? I'm in agreement, though. I think if you're going to look anywhere, if you're going to go for, if it's between a point guard and a big, I think you probably look towards towards the big and see what you can do there. Uh, XFL Live said, has Russ taken so long to gel because he usually joins well-established teams and this team is entirely new or is it an all-new motion offense? I think it's a lot of things. I think that when you look at Russell Westbrook, even just on paper, the skill set between him and LeBron, they just don't really mesh well together, even if you're just projecting what that would look like. And the hope was always that the, the talent would win out over fit. And that simply hasn't been the case for the Lakers this season. So with Russ, I think things have gotten a bit easier for him. He's talked about how he feels like his positioning on the floor has been better over the last few games. And I think there's truth to that. I also think that they've gotten some secondary playmakers involved. Malik Monk, Stanley Johnson, as we talked about earlier, he had eight assists tonight. And so I think that's taken a little bit of the burden off of Russ as well. And it's allowed him to get into spaces where he wasn't previously. So it's a lot of things that have combined. It's Partially, it's familiarity with Frank Vogel's system. I think part of it, too, is just the guys around him are really competing, really competing at a high level, and that gets Russ fired up. But regardless, he's been better, and this is what the Lakers have needed. They've needed to get this version of Russell Westbrook. Frankly, frankly, they've needed this all season long. They've needed this all season long. They needed this version of Russell Westbrook. But, hey, better late than never. <laughs> better late than never. We will take Russ doing these things right now. I uh, got another super chat here from Jason S. Said Russ, Reeves, LeBron, Gabriel, and AD might really work for us as a go-to. Agreed. That's that's a lot of length. That's a lot of defense. You could say you're light on shooting there, and I think you are. But if Frank Vogel is in that mindset where he's just saying, look, I'm going to put the guys out there who have size and can defend and do those things, and I'm not going to worry as much about shooting, maybe that is a lineup that you go to. I think you could also put in Malik Monk in place of Reeves if you do want a little bit more shooting and scoring punch. But I'm really curious, just like a lot of you are, to see what does Anthony Davis and Wenyan Gabriel look like together? Because he could, Gabriel, could be a piece that complements AD pretty well. We won't know until we see it on the floor, though. Sometimes things on paper you would think would be good, and they're not really. And we've seen it. We saw the Steve Nash, Dwight Howard Lakers back in the day. There have been times where something looks good on paper and it just doesn't work out. So I'm curious to see what that looks like, though. And I think if and when AD comes back, the Lakers should commit some serious time to exploring that, that specific tandem and see what you can get out of it. Because in theory, that can unlock a lot of what Anthony Davis does and also allow Wendy Gabriel to just focus on doing the little things, the, the dirty work that he's certainly good at. People saying uh, they missed too many shots. You know, I actually thought the fourth quarter, it was about stops. The fourth quarter of this game, the Lakers had cut the lead to two. And when we were doing our live, uh, our live stream of it, where we did our play-by-play, we said going into the fourth, it was going to be about stops. You were going to win this game on the defensive end of the floor. And the Lakers just frankly didn't get enough stops in the fourth quarter to get the job done. The 76ers, it felt like they were scoring almost every trip down and the Lakers were struggling. We're struggling to get anything going on the offensive end themselves. So that was, I think, an issue for the Lakers. They end up losing the fourth 33 to 30. 
which isn't terrible, but you were hoping to, to hold the 76ers a little bit more than that. The Lakers did put up 39 points in the third and then 30 points in the fourth. So that, I mean, that's, that's 69 points that they put up, which is nice in a half. That's pretty impressive by the Lakers in that particular half. A 22-point second quarter, looking back, is what really hurt them, though, and stopped them from getting this win. Damo Blaze said, I, with a super chat, I don't know why I'm asking, but any update on Kendrick Nunn? None, unfortunately. I wish I wish we had an update, but as of right now, the only thing with any type of validity that we've heard is that the Lakers were hoping by the end of March he would be back. Well, here we are. The clock is ticking. We're getting closer and closer to the end of the March, and still nothing on Kendrick Nunn. I've been approaching this for a while now that we're not going to see him. He's not going to play this year. Uh, if he does happen to get out there and play, um, there was some rumblings that he's working hard and all that kind of stuff, but I would be surprised. I would be surprised if we do see him this season, and that's the way I'm approaching it. That's the way I'm going to approach this. Uh, Federico Perez Pablo with a super chat said, tell Reeves next time to ask DeZonte Murray for his diet. He will become a great 3 and D player with some extra muscle. The shooting will come. Yeah, I mean, Reeves is a guy who's very committed and he's very, very determined to make it in this league. So I can't wait to see what he does in the future. And yeah, usually for young players, putting on muscle, that's something that happens naturally, but also happens as players become more and more in tune to what the NBA conditioning regime really looks like. So Austin Reeves, yes, I would I would fully expect him to put uh, to put on some muscle in the future here. Oh gosh, Christian Lucas said Trevor Lane is better than Trevor Ariza. I promise you Trevor Ariza would school me out on the floor. There's no question there on that one. But uh, Ariza obviously did not get any minutes, has not played in a little while here for your Los Angeles Lakers. Let's see what else we've got. We do need to get to the master lock of the night, which we will get to in just a moment. Oh, somebody said Trevor Lane is better than Ariza in podcasting. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Oh, somebody said Russell Westbrook for Jimmy Butler. If you guys saw, I'm really curious about what this was all about because I didn't get all the details on it. But Eric Spolstra and Jimmy Butler going at each other on the court. Yikes. Yeah, that that's not a good look. We'll see sometimes in sports, things just bubble over and the season is long and guys can get on each other's nerves and that happens, but usually not with a coach. Usually a coach isn't a guy to kind of lose his cool towards one of his own players and have the player yelling back. That's a mess. And we'll see exactly what winds up happening from it. I don't think the Miami Heat are going to turn around and trade Jimmy Butler or anything. I, I think they'll be able to work it out. I, I certainly don't think they're going to trade him for Russell Westbrook, but my goodness, that uh, that was certainly dramatic if you saw that. Sean Black, what happened to the Mamba jerseys? We couldn't lose when we wore them. I miss those too much. I, I do. I wish that we still saw those. Those were those are probably my favorite Lakers jerseys of all time. I wish we could see those on a more regular basis. I, I still think they are. Out of all the City Edition jerseys that we've seen from every team in the NBA, those are the nicest. Those are just so perfect as a jersey. I would love to see those as part of the Lakers' regular rotation. Oh, Spolstra after the game. Somebody updated here. I didn't see this. Most most said Spolstra said it was frustration over losing. He laughed it off as arguing over dinner plans. That's kind of what you expected. They would try to de-escalate all of, all of that. 
Bad Dog says, Trevor, who's your all-time favorite Laker? Uh, for me, it's it's Magic Johnson. I grew up on Magic Johnson. I had when Magic came back in I think it was '96. I had the newspaper clippings of his comeback up all over my room. I had my earliest memories as a child was watching Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar trying to do the little sky hook on my little my little kid's mini hoop. So Magic Johnson is my favorite Laker of all time, uh, just because he's always been. But Kobe, people say Magic over Kobe. It's because Magic is was my first connection to the Lakers, and that's why. That's why. But Kobe obviously made a giant impact on me and a giant impact on um, on obviously Laker fans as well. But again, Magic being my first connection to the team is why that he still reigns as my favorite Laker of all time. But I, I will say with with no with with no hesitation that Kobe Bryant is the greatest Laker ever. He's the gloat, greatest Laker of all time. It's it's absolutely Kobe. Absolutely incredible. But yeah, that's where I'm at. Magic Johnson is Showtime. He is Lakers personified. Yeah, I mean, he helped to create the style that the Lakers were known for and helped to create the NBA that we have today. That we have today. Some people saying Kobe is my first connection. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It did. That matters. Who it is, who were you watching in your formative years? Who was the first one to really give you that connection to the team? That certainly matters in things like this. All right, let's get to the master lock of the night. Let's get to the master lock of the night. By the way, everybody, I was talking to my buddy, Chris, the Masterpiece Masters, just earlier today. We've been talking about getting him back out here on the show. It's going to be happening. In fact, next time we come here to Vegas, we're going to try to get him to come out with us. But let's get to the master lock of the night. We take whatever's the most annoying thing from this game, and we put it in Chris, the Masterpiece Masters, finishing hold, the master lock. So... Chat, coming in from YouTube, from Facebook, from Twitter. What do you want to put in the master lock tonight? What should it be? Let me know. Oh, I'm seeing master lock cap space. Somebody said master lock Tobias Harris. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Uh, somebody is somebody said, is it because you're an 80s baby talking about the magic thing? Yes, that is indeed true. Master lock Russ's turnovers. Master lock the referees. Master lock Harden and his uncalled travels. I actually thought there were a few times tonight where Harden tried to get fouls and the referees didn't fall for it, which was great. Um, I was a big, big fan of the NBA rule changes to get rid of some of the ridiculous foul calls that we were seeing last season, specifically from guys like James Harden. Guys like Trey Young, I thought that was a very, very, very good decision by the NBA to try to eliminate some of that stuff. But 
I am going to go with the flopping. I have to master lock it. It's the flopping. It's what's made the Sixers as talented as they are, as good as they are. This team could wind up being the Eastern Conference representative in the NBA Finals. That's the talent level on this team. But you had 10 free throws for Joel Embiid. You had eight free throws for James Harden. Oh, I'm sorry. That wasn't updated. You had 10 free throws for James Harden and 12 free throws for Joel Embiid. It slows the game down so much. I don't like seeing it. I don't like seeing uh, the parade to the free throw line. And I always go by this. Oh, somebody said master lock, no video. I'm with you on that, guys. I wish we could do video right now. But um, I always go by the by the notion that, hey, if you're committing a play on the basketball floor and the success or failure of that play, the success or failure of that play is determined by whether or not the whistle blows, that probably shouldn't be in the game. The success or failure of the play should, should really come down to whether or not the ball goes in the basket. And we've seen plays that are designed to get the whistle to blow in their favor. And I think that's the kind of stuff that the NBA has been trying to eliminate. We still see a lot of free throws, though. Charles Bradley, do you have a problem with LeBron flopping? LeBron flopping. Does LeBron flop sometimes? Yes. Russell Westbrook flopped today on, a, on Joel Embiid's drive at the end. Does it happen sometimes? Yes, it does. It does. But there's a big difference between what LeBron has done occasionally, especially if you've been watching all season. You've seen LeBron get hammered. He gets not he gets no calls way more than he gets calls at this point. But uh, LeBron's flops are very different than what you see from a James Harden or a Trey Young or something like that. LeBron might embellish contact that's actually there. But James Harden, Trey Young, these guys, they were creating contract contact that wasn't there, that wasn't occurring. They were throwing their arms into other people. We even saw it tonight. Joel Embiid did it to Dwight. Just hurled his arms up through Dwight's arms to try to get a foul call, and he got it. There's a big difference between, I think, making sure a referee sees the contact that's there and creating contact as a way of tricking the referee into thinking that a foul occurred and that it was the defensive player who was the aggressor. And that's more what you see. Master lock hotel Wi-Fi I'm seeing quite a bit. Yep, again, in agreement. I wish we didn't have to do that. All right. Uh, Dwight Howard had a quote. I want to address this. Dwight Howard, quote coming out of the postgame from uh, the Lakers Nation Twitter account, said, I'm never going to give up. I don't think that anyone feels like this season is just over with. I love it. That's, that's what we want to see. We said this. We said this a few weeks ago. No, the Lakers probably aren't winning a championship. So what is it that you want? Alan Slewa and I talked all about this. We want to see this team compete. Night in and night out. Give your all. And represent the Lakers appropriately. And Dwight saying that they don't feel like the season's over. That's great. That's great. And I feel like they're backing that up on the floor. They're backing that up on the floor. Oh, no. Somebody said, but LeBron already gave up. How many times has LeBron dropped 50-plus? In games recently. How many times have we seen LeBron go out, go nuts and help the Lakers get a win? I don't think there's any way you can look at this season and say LeBron has given up. Did he play tonight? No. But he traveled a bunch. It's pretty common that when you have a knee injury that has to do with swelling, when you fly, it gets worse. That's what happens. LeBron has been fantastic this season. I don't think LeBron's given up. At all. I don't think there's any way you can look at what LeBron has done for the Lakers this season and say he's given up or tapped out on the season. But good to hear that out of Dwight. Hopefully the entire team has that mentality. Lakers have a big game coming up 
on Sunday against the New Orleans Pelicans. Got to get that win. Got to get that win and stay in that nine seed. Going to be really important that the Lakers get those W's against the Pelicans. They've got two more games against them coming up. The first one, it's going to be on the road in New Orleans, and you can bet that crowd is going to be fired up. We'll see if Brandon Ingram is back and in action for that one. He's been out for a while now. For the Pelicans, been dealing with a hamstring injury, but by Sunday, who knows? He could be back in the mix. All right, everybody. I appreciate you joining me. Again, apologies for not having video, but this was all we could work with right now, dealing with hotel Wi-Fi. I will be back in studio tomorrow. So from here on out, should be just fine, and we'll have video once again. So again, appreciate all of you joining and bearing with the audio-only format for this uh, for this show. Thank you, everybody. Make sure you do subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Don't forget to also subscribe to the Lakers Nation podcast. If you want to leave us a review, I love reading those, and, uh, and as well as a, uh, a five-star rating. All right, everybody. Appreciate it. Till next time, see ya, and stay safe. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.